you're, if you're on a tiered data plan, like a lot of people are, uh, you're paying for the privilege of being tracked. And then you're, you're getting your data taken away by the trackers and used so that they can have, you know, a, a good sale to Oracle or Salesforce. Because a lot of these companies, tracker.com companies, are, are up for sale. They, they don't necessarily have a long-term business plan and they need to get bought. Today's part two conversation with Brendan Ike, the founder of Brave and creator of JavaScript, is brought to you by the Going Deep Summit. Whether your eyes are brown, blue, green, or somewhere in between, you're going to want to be in Pittsburgh January 27th for our one-day conference featuring some amazing speakers like Zach Slayback, Leah Lizarondo, Ed Lattimore, Adam Harridan, and Dan Bull. Going to be a ton of ambitious, thoughtful people replicating the conversations that you hear on this show and bringing the awesome power of connection into the real world. In this part two with Brendan, we talk about how his basic attention to token works, how the Brave browser can upend the digital advertising models that we've become accustomed to, and how you can support the websites that you consider most important without clicking on spam or paying a regular sign-up or subscription fee. There's some really big ideas here, which is why we split it into two parts. I hope that you'll make sure you listen to part one and that you'll subscribe for all our future episodes. But here is the rest of my conversation with Brendan Ike. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. So you're talking about disrupting existing models and there's we're in a place where you know the commercial web has been around for a while now it is starting to be institutionalized to some degree or another as as you explained with how much of the market share Facebook and Google have claimed for the advertising industry but if we are moving if we get a mass adoption of the Brave browser the basic economics shift basically they already are shifting but they they get pushed in this direction where um, attention is this finite resource it is uh, we have a limited supply of it every single day and not only is the demand for that attention going up but that just changes the economics of how advertisers are going to access consumers and how they're going to develop a relationship with them so if all these ads are being blocked and if users have greater sovereignty over their data. Talk about how the basic attention token plays into this and how uh, new business models might emerge for brands to relate to consumers. Sure. So when we did Brave, we weren't just thinking, let's make things faster for users. Uh, By the way, the the speed win from not loading all those scripts has a, a directly correlated battery win on mobile because you're not running the radio, which is the number two after the display battery consumer, power consumer. So by blocking those scripts and getting three to seven times page load wins, you're also getting great battery savings. And guess what that means? You're not running the radio. That means you're not using your data plan. If you're on a tiered uh, or not not on unlimited data plan, you're going to be actually saving real money. One estimate from Rob Leather now at Facebook is that people pay $23 a month for all these invisible tracking scripts and for the ads that ultimately load, for the whole cost of, of all this extra data. And, and that's, that's a hidden cost. Let's press pause and just make sure we say that again so that people yeah. get that. Say, say that number so again. So you, when you go to news sites with a browser and you are on like a 
mobile device like Android and you're not blocking ads and trackers, you're paying perhaps $23 a month just to load all the tracking scripts and the targeting scripts and the ads. And that that's half your data plan. This is a number that a New York Times did some research and then Rob Leather and Facebook put it together with some, some uh, carrier or op mobile operator data. Rob's uh, Medium post about this highlighted the fact that the, the mobile operators are making more off this $23 a month than the publishers are getting from the ad revenue because the publishers are getting squeezed by all the intermediaries who take their cut from the revenue. So, you know, the publishers aren't getting a good deal. The user's getting it coming and going because you're paying for that data plan if you're not unlimited, if you're not super duper. You're, if you're on a tiered data plan, like a lot of people are, uh, you're paying for the privilege of being tracked. And then you're, you're getting your data taken away by the trackers and used so that they can have, you know, a, a good sale to Oracle or Salesforce. Because a lot of these companies... Tracker.com companies are, are up for sale. They, they don't necessarily have a long-term business plan and they need to get bought. And that, that, that reminds me of something else I haven't highlighted. There is consolidation in the industry. Everyone expects it to continue and accelerate. It's not a stable ecosystem. It's a, an ecosystem where you had sort of this Burgess Shale style, wonderful life, profusion of different intermediaries and optimization companies and tracking companies and, and ad serving companies. And now it's been collapsing into not only the duopoly of Facebook and Google, but a relatively small number of other companies, especially the IT companies, the Oracle and Salesforce and IBM of IBMs of the world that are buying up these ad tech companies and the data broker companies, the Merkles and the Axioms, you may not have heard of these companies, A-X-C-I-O-M. They have your data. They've heard of you. <laughs> you may not have heard of them, but they know you. They may know your credit card history, they know your name and address, they know your age, and your date of birth, and they know, they know a lot. Uh, so this is becoming a, a concern, not only, like I said, for speed of page load and for your battery life, but for your data plan bill and for your safety. Because the other thing that popped out of this evolved ecosystem was malvertising. Malvertising and ad fraud. These are like two sides of the same coin. Because the intermediation through these scripts from these tracking companies and these ad exchanges, these real-time bidding ad exchanges, required a lot of scale, required getting you know, lots of ways to find a match between an ad, an ad slot, and a user, they're very weak in terms of knowing their clients, knowing whose ad it is, knowing whose page it's going into, knowing is this a real user. So you get... Ad fraud, where real ads marketers are spending money on, get placed in fake pages and clicked on by or viewed by fake users, bots, bots on fake compromised PCs or bots in cloud browsers, even, you know, cloud infrastructure. Uh, that defrauds the ad system. The estimate for this year is 16 billion, 7.2 billion last year. That was out of I think 72 billion, so 10%. No one really knows. It could be a 20% of ad spend is wasted on, on fraud. The, the worst side of this, the other side of this coin is because the exchanges get fees no matter what, they get paid whether it's a fraudulent user. They also get paid by malware vendors who spend a little bit to get an ad slot filled with their, their malware ad. And the malware ad looks like an ad, but it actually isn't. It has some JavaScript and it loads an exploit kit. That's a a way of attacking your system using a laundry list of known and sometimes dark net secret, not yet disclosed or patched vulnerabilities. And that exploit kit often can compromise your PC to put it in another botnet or to, to hold it for ransom with ransomware. 
both both of these things are done. And through those those uh, techniques of ransomware and botnet compromise, the malware vendor makes back the ad cost, the cost of buying the ad slot, and then some. They make you know much more. They wouldn't do it at all. Some advertising became a thing. And again, this just shows that we have a system that's delegated seven degrees of Kevin Bacon from the New York Times. And the New York Times had malvertising on its front page in March 2016. So did AOL, BBC Online, and other top sites because they use not just direct sold ad space where they know their, their vendor, not just that L.com example with Louis Vuitton handbags. They use indirect ads, so-called programmatic or automated ads. They have to. Everyone does, even the bigs, even New York Times and BBC. And they got malware on their front pages, on, on their news pages, and it compromised people, real users. And of course, you know, the, the New York Times doesn't want to be liable for this, but it's hard to know who to blame. Should you blame the Google ad servers? Should you blame some ad exchange from Yahoo or OpenX that might have been involved? Index? Who knows who did it? Um, you know, the ad industry is now like a reformed uh, alcoholic saying, never again, we've, we've battened down the hatches, we're, we're aware of this problem, we're fixing it. The problem rages on. It's, it's not well measured. It's, it's, it's known to be large. Um, three years ago or four years ago, I'm, I'm friends with people at White Ops Security. They had to convince publishers that this was a problem. And this was why publishers, in part, were not getting paid well, that ad fraud was taking some of their revenue. And then the advertisers seemed to have you know, no care at that time about it. We're, we're the last to come on board. They finally said, OK, it's a problem. A lot of our ad budget is being wasted. And you know the CEO is going to fire the CMO. <laughs> unless this gets fixed, but it's still a problem. As this has been a ton of information for people, and I'm sure they're they're diligently taking notes to um, get a little bit smarter about all this and and want to learn more. Uh, if that is the case, I know we're, we're wrapping up and, and getting close to time for you. Uh, people want to learn more about Brave, about the work that you're doing. Uh, where can we point people to learn more? Okay, so we're, we're trying to do something constructive as I was getting around to saying, thanks for bearing with me. We know that blocking ads is needed for speed and safety and battery life and data plan savings, but we also want to help publishers. So the first thing we did was we built into Brave a way that you could opt into. It's not on by default, where you can fund a wallet, a cryptocurrency wallet, and you can say, I want to spend $5, $10, whatever amount you want. You pick the amount per month on my favorite sites. And we've been iterating on this in a beta program because we, we know it's complex to get right. We've added the ability to pin donations each month to your top you know, few sites that you actually want to support, whether or not you browse to them. But the rest of the, the money from your monthly budget can go out based on your browsing without you having to think about it. It can be automated, and it is automated. So we have a way of doing this. It's also anonymous. This 30-day cycle of tracking your browsing and, and paying out your pinned and browsed to sites, the ones you don't turn off, is, is purely based on local data. We don't track it on our servers. We use a zero-knowledge proof protocol, which is a way of anonymizing deterministically all of this data because most people, if their top 10 sites were listed, it would identify them. It would be a fingerprint. That we stood up with Bitcoin last year, and we are now basing it on our new attention token, basic attention token, which you can read about at basicattentiontoken.org. So brave.com and basicattentiontoken.org. And we'd like the basic attention token to be used by other browsers and attention apps, games, even messaging apps, we have to prove it first in Brave, and we're doing that. Basic attention token, which is what we, we, we sold on, on uh, May 31st to um, generate tokens for users as well as to raise funds for the project, is a utility token for expressing and accounting for user attention. 
as you say, that's that's more and more in demand. Maybe advertising went wrong on the web because this whole ink on paper or magazine style model where publishers give up space for ads was misconceived. It, it generally required tracking for scale, as I described earlier. It generally did not have the promised revenues of the publishers. It wasn't like you know the old days of a newspaper in a major city having enough subscribers that they could get a good direct ad opportunity with classified advertisers or with the local department store, it became this sort of monster, this ecosystem of, of surveillance, tracking, and even malware. Maybe that was the wrong direction. Perhaps we should go to a different model. If users donate, that could help. And we have hopes that this will go toward the level you see with NPR, where 30% of the listeners donate, I believe. But on, on the scale of the web, if Brave became as big as Chrome, perhaps it wouldn't be 30%. Perhaps the number of users who could even afford to donate you know, would drop down toward the, you know, the 10% or whatever the level might be. So you have to wonder, can the advertising-based uh, model go away? It's 72 billion gross ad spend in the U.S. in 2016. We can't count it out. So we're working on a system also accounted for using the basic attention token that allows users to opt in. Again, this won't be built into Brave by default. You'll opt into it. Opt into a private ad channel where you get maybe one ad a day at the right time and place based on truly local machine learning, local data. We're still building in the open. It's all open source. Again, not bundled with Brave. You'll opt into it as a separate module. And that will give a big revenue share to you if you do opt into it. 70% of the ad revenue we want to give to the user. Might not be you know, more than a few bucks a month. Might be, might be a lot more. We haven't got a fair price or a deep market for user attention yet. But that, we think that however much money it is, it could be um, then trickled back to your top sites. So a lot of users won't want to go through the full authentication process to get that money out. They'll just let it flow back to their pinned favorites and their navigated to top sites through the donation or contribution system we already set up. So we're, we're hopeful that we're building, we're prototyping something through this beta program and into the basic attention token um, space program we developed, which has Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo stages. You look at the roadmap on the basicattentiontoken.org site. We're hoping to build something that can replace the lost revenue to publishers and actually do better. And the reason we're confident is because we cut out all those middle players, those parasites and intermediaries and malware vendors and opportunists who aren't necessarily doing a good job. When I started talking about cookies early on and this user one, two, three, four, you know, number that was assigned. You can, you can see how with cookies not working across mobile apps, with people resetting cookies or clearing cookies, with people using multiple devices, the surveillance, however good it is, is not that great. People see bad ads all the time. The worst is the retargeting experience. You buy something. Maybe you just went on vacation and you bought something. For, you come back and you turn on your home PC and suddenly you're being hammered to buy the same thing you just bought and you're not going to want to buy for a year. This kind of nonsense is done because it works to some small degree of lift. It, it nags people a little bit against their better judgment or it reminds them to get something they forgot to get. It also causes people to go adopt ad blockers, and that's not counted against it in the bottom line because that's hard to measure. Well, we want to replace all that. With Brave, with the basic attention token, you can say, this ad didn't work for me, thumbs down, just like in TiVo, and you won't see that again. And that will be a local machine learning decision. That'll be something you do with your trusted local agent. Again, nothing on our servers. You can say, I, I'm willing to give Brave some information about myself if it stays on my devices and it's only encrypted if it's synchronized across devices. It's never on Brave server or any other server. I'm willing to say that I like you know, Ford trucks. Now that's valuable information. And if it's authentic information, and it'll, can, it will be authenticated if you ever try to get the money, your revenue share out, then that's really valuable. 
We think we can give people a much better experience if they want to try these opt-in ads. We certainly are open to, to the sort of voluntary contributions model because that can go far too. Between the two of them, we think there's, there's a replacement model for the, the very inefficient ad system that funds much of the web today. Publishers have been trying to get people to subscribe and you see like the Wall Street Journal turn off Google search indexing into its pages that caused an uptick in the number of subscribers to journal. They, they talked about this. It also cut their traffic by down to one fourth of what it had been because they cut off Google. So there's still a heavy need for search engines to find things, to find articles. And it's hard for publishers to make money by forcing people to subscribe. It just doesn't, doesn't seem to be a positive sum game. We're trying to make a positive sum game by cutting out all the middle players and the inefficiencies. And we think we can do it with, with the basic attention token and apps like Brave, which will be the first app to use that token, but not the last, we hope. Yeah, and we're going to be sure to link to all of that in the show notes so that people can check it out and learn more. Uh, just personally, real quick, I have downloaded it for my phone and on my browser. I'd say I'm, I'm kind of 50-50, mostly as a, a means of educating myself. What's the experience like on Brave versus Chrome versus Mozilla um, and, and just getting some context there. But I'm real big on uh, making my phone as fast as possible and not shooting up the data. So definitely helpful to be using the Brave browser, Brendan. Thank you so much for sharing all this time with us and explaining everything in, in, such, uh, in such detail to really provide context around what's going on. Um, as we do at the end of every episode, though, I want to give you the mic a final time to issue a real quick actionable personal challenge for the audience. Okay. I have two. Um, one of them is right along our lines, but it's not just talking Braves book. I think people should adopt an ad blocker. We like uBlock Origin if you want to try that extension. Uh, if you want to try Brave, of course, we're happy with that too. We want you to try a real ad blocker, though, not one that, that sort of deals under the table to let ads through and, and let, certainly let trackers through. So uBlock Origin is good. Disconnect.me is a good tracking protection extension. I can recommend those. But try one of them. Try something. And it's something you said earlier. It's, it's what Brave's about. We're not, first and foremost, trying to save the publishers. We want to do that because of the ecosystem. We have an ecological point of view. But our first constituency is the user, you, and your data belongs to you. Your search queries belong to you. All that data is valuable. And right now you're just, it's being raided. You're like a, a farm animal <laughs> hooked up to a milking machine. And it, we think you should be in charge of what happens with that data. If you want to keep it to yourself, that's fine. If you want to try using our zero knowledge proof system, to donate, that's great. If you want to use our also anonymous and private ad system, try that too. And, and, we're confident that there'll be a better way to fund the publishers, but the real primacy here is the user. The user should be in charge of that data, and that's a strong principle. So I encourage people to get some kind of protection, whether it's Brave or uBlock Origin, Disconnect.me. There are others you can try. Um, the second thing I would say, <laughs> not talking anybody's book here who does internet work, is read a book in good sunlight or daylight on paper with good printing, good typography. This is just not happening as much as it used to. And of course, you know, <laughs> I, I believe Socrates thought people were getting stupider because they weren't memorizing, you know, poems, heroic poems and keeping up the oral tradition. They were, they were actually reading written language on, on scrolls back then. Probably right. It certainly changed. The media medium changes everything. It, it, there's a co-evolutionary system here between people and their, their media. Um, the internet, especially smartphones, has, I think, taken things in a very... Uh, bite-sized and kind of potentially dumbed down or, or 
clickbaity direction. You know, people talk about fake news. There's a lot of politics around I won't touch, but I will say, read a book. It has to happen for civilization to continue. I'm convinced of this. Maybe an e-ink device is okay, but I think ink on paper is worth supporting. Yeah, and I absolutely love it because you can't run out of battery. It can't, you can't get disconnected and lose it. Um, it's physical. It, you can carry it with you wherever you need to go, and it's always on. So yes. I totally, totally agree with that and love the challenges. Love talking with you, Brendan, and getting so much information. Uh, thank you again so much for coming on. Thanks. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I, I'm, I hope this helps, and uh, it was fun. Thanks. We just went deep with Brendan Ike. Hope everyone out there has a fantastic day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. I hope you enjoyed this two-part series with Brendan Ike and will try out the Brave browser. I've been using it now for about two months and really enjoying it. They are rolling out updates super fast and you have to love the mission that Brendan and the team are pushing forward with this technology. If you want to continue to support the show, please consider attending the Going Deep Summit January 27th in Pittsburgh. GoingDeepWithAaron.com slash event is the best place to find out more about this fast growing summit we are putting together a bunch of awesome speakers and i'd love to see you there additionally we have some great podcasts coming down the pipe that you're not going to want to miss so make sure you're subscribed to going deep with aaron watson thanks for listening connect with aaron on twitter and instagram at aaron watson 59